Good morning, afternoon, evening, and or night. I'm Ryan. And this is Daniel, coming at you live from my lonely one-bedroom apartment. And we are your small-town nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Small Town Nerds Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things nerdy. Daniel, how are you doing in your small one-bedroom apartment? I mean, kind of lonely, but it's great. Everything's awesome. Kinda lonely. Yeah, I'm going. All right. Going to doing see. Good? Yeah, going to see the menu in a couple hours. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's a pretty good movie. Very nice, very nice. It, it looks like an interesting movie. Yeah, it's got Anya Taylor Joy, and she's like my celebrity crush. I know a lot of people think she looks kind of weird, know. but I don't know. She's hot. Um, I see both sides of the uh, both sides of the coin there. I can see how she looks a little. I don't want to say weird because that sounds mean, but like, what word am I looking for? Unique. Um, I don't know. I I see your point though. Yeah, she's so got like good. those sloth eyes. How they're all like spread art, <laughs> spread apart. You know. The sloth eyes gotcha. Yeah, you know, Sid the sloth from the Ice sloth Age. Eyes. How uh, we. I'm not yeah, gonna. I get you. I'm not gonna name names. Well, but don't compare her to Sid. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's not. That's not nice. Ooh, baby, I had a massive crush on Sid the Sloth growing up. I'm not actually Sid. I think there was like a female counterpart for him. You know what? This whole thing is just coming off way bad. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not starting over. But you can. You can just stop talking. That's that's what you can do. Yeah, all right. That works for me. Uh, I take it all back, except for the part where I say Anya right. Taylor Joy's hot. She's hot. She is. There you go. Very nice. All right. All right. So are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I'm yeah, just gonna. We we got. You go. You go. Okay. Okay. I'm go- I'm going. Um. So we don't really have anything in the way of nerd news today, uh, except uh, I did want to say rest in peace to, uh, the one, the only Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, the definitive voice of Batman, I should say voiced him in countless projects from the Batman Arkham series to the Batman animated series. Uh, He truly was a legend, and when I saw that news shortly after we finished recording last week, Ryan can confirm this, I audibly said no repeatedly because I was that upset. True, you did. So, rest in peace to a true legend, and uh, yeah. Rest in peace. That's all we got for that. Nothing too new. Yeah, we don't really have much for nerd news today, but we do have a very large main segment that we're going to do in which we are going to rank all 40 official projects of the MCU. And I say official because we're not going to go into the kind of the weird pseudo extended universe. We're not going to include the Sony projects outside of the Spider-Man trilogy, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy, that is. We're not going to include like the Venom. We're not going to include the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the... Marvel television, Netflix stuff. We're not going to include all of that. It's just going to be straight MCU movies and then Disney Plus projects. Yeah, because we're while rank those all forty, because the last movie of Phase Four just got released. Phase Four isn't complete because we have the holiday special for Guardians of the Galaxy still coming in about a week or two. But we'll cross that bridge when it gets here. Yeah. So I was just going to say, you know, while those other things that we're not including are technically canon, we are just going for the flat out official canon from marvel studios Mm. themselves are they canon they're like a pseudo canon i don't really think they're canon because the mcu proper never acknowledged them and some of the stuff is just getting straight up retconned like daredevil well 
Maybe. So, I mean, if Daredevil is getting retconned, then the entire Netflix catalog is getting erased. And uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of got erased because they retconned the Darkhold. See, so, I never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I can't say anything in regards I. to that. I didn't even know the Darkhold was a thing there. Uh, yes, I do know that it was a thing because when Doctor Strange was, when we were revving up for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, I was doing research on, like, the Darkhold, and I found that it appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's a totally different design and book and stuff. Well, you took that so. way more seriously than I did, but hey, props to you. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, how, uh, yeah, how about we, it's a very long segment, so why don't we start right away and let's get cracking on these 40 right. MCU projects that we're going to start ranking. So, number 40, Ryan, what did you have for that? In last place, unfortunately, but probably not unfortunately, Wait. I have three so, She-Hulk. Oh, I was going to say, let's say it at the same time, oh. but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's She-Hulk. Yeah, it, yep. Yeah. Daniel, what are, what are your thoughts? Why did you put She-Hulk last? Uh, you watched it. I watched it. Do we really need to acknowledge anything more than that? No, not really. I mean, it had fun moments, like the Daredevil moments. Okay, well, but other we still than a couple had... fun moments, there is no reason that we had to sit through seven full episodes before Daredevil showed up. Well, let's be honest. A majority of people that were watching She-Hulk were watching She-Hulk for Daredevil. Yeah, that's the that's the only. And then reason he came I was in like the it. second to last episode. It was bull. So. Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to go too. I think the less said about She-Hulk, the better. Yeah, we're not going to go too deep into detail on most of these, just because there are forty of them. And we don't want to keep you here. And we don't want to be that. sitting here for two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I could talk for two and a half hours about some of these, just like one movie at a time. But. Well, what I will say is that if you guys are interested in talking or listening to us talk about any of the projects from the original Iron Man up until, I believe, Black Widow, we used to do a series where we did review every single movie and project up to that point of Black Widow. Uh, you can, if you're listening on Podbean at least, you can scroll through the catalog and you'll find the small town movie reviews. We did a whole bunch of them. We did like, I don't know, 25 or so. No, it actually sh so. it should be on whatever feed you're listening to. Looking at it right now, looks like we did it up through Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh, so we only did, we didn't even get to the, wait, are you sure? Uh, yep. Yeah. Last one we did well, was episode up until Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, so there's 20 episodes of the first majority of the first three phases that you can go back and listen to our review some of the newer stuff uh we have been talking about at least as it comes out for this podcast and by that i mean what did we talk about we talked about she hulk yeah we talked about i am groot we talked about black panther yes, we sir. talked about werewolf by night mm -hmm. um, so we didn't talk about no way home that was before this podcast time yes I, I mean, we've briefly mentioned a majority of the Marvel projects on here because, well, let's be honest, most of them are, are pretty darn good. But Most uh, of them are. And they're worth mentioning from time to time. But whatever. Uh, keeping it yes. good and short, we've already spent way too much time explaining that, whatever. Moving on. Ryan, what's your number 39? So my 39 was kind of a weird placement because it's not that I really hate this project. It's just I don't 
really find the need for it, but I wasn't going to put it in last place because I think last place is um, reserved for a very special project, which we just talked about. But in my 39th place, I put I Am Groot. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't... I put that higher up, obviously, because uh, while it didn't necessarily give very much to the overall world of the Marvel Studios lore, uh, they were fun to watch. So I didn't want to put it super low because it was so unimpactful, but it was... Yeah, it was it was an enjoyable thing to put on uh, and watch for about half an hour, however long it was. Uh, my number 39, yeah. Ryan, do you want to guess? I, I don't know, because I don't know where you're going to go. It's Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Uh, that was going to be my guess, but I, I there you go. can't stand that movie. It bad. You want to expand a little bit? Well, I just don't like Brie Larson in general. The only movie that she's in that I like is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which I've talked about on numerous occasions because it's so freaking phenomenal. But, uh, yeah, I think that she's just very not pleasant as a person just based on some of the interviews that I've seen her in. And this movie just screams, I'm a girl, so I'm strong. But really, it should be something more along the lines of, I'm strong and I happen to be a girl. Uh Gotcha. Yeah, it's just gotcha. very down-your-throat feminism. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Let's move on to number 38. For my number 38, I have Thor The Dark World. I think this movie has fun moments, but the villain is lackluster. He's not that memorable. He didn't really do anything, and at this point, Thor felt kind of unfocused. I don't think they really knew what they wanted to do with Thor, and it was just kind of a jumble of ideas without any of them really paying off fully. Yeah. So that's why I have Thor The Dark World in my 38th position. See, I've got Thor The Dark World at number 37, actually. And I'm going to agree with you for basically all the same reasons. Uh, some highlights, yeah, you know, you got to see Eric Selvig kind of insane. That's also a downside, though, because just, yeah, he got hijacked by Loki in The Avengers, but I don't think that he would be that balls to the walls, but then again, what do I know? It's just, it was a very, it it didn't feel super well planned out. We'll say that. Uh, But for my number 38, Mm. I put the Incredible Hulk. I see, I see. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't feel special in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a guy that tries not to get angry, and when he does get angry, he smashes stuff. Uh, this was before Mark Ruffalo gotcha. was in as Hulk, and um, yeah. And Norton did fine, Very but nice. I don't think so, it was great for the role. Yeah, I, I, I feel that. So you kind of already explained your 37 with Thor The Dark World, but my 37th was the Incredible Hulk. So we just kind of flipped 38 and 37. All right. Um, I think Incredible Hulk, as you said, just kind of has a weird feel to it. It was early in the MCU, and it was also produced by a different company, so it kind of has a detached feel from it. Um, I thought Ed Norton did fine. But again, compared to the rest of the MCU, it just feels disjointed and just a different movie. But it still had a little bit more clarity and drive than the previous project, so that's why I put it in my 37th position. Um, 
Moving on, my 36th position was Captain Marvel. Um, I don't hate this movie as much as you do, but there are still some glaring issues with it that I couldn't avoid. Most notably, the um, the lead, Brie Larson or Carol Danvers, just was not likable enough so for me to care what happened with her. Yeah, she was not charismatic. Um, she had she had basically all of her superpowers right from the beginning. She just had amnesia, so she didn't use it to the degree that she could have been. Um, I think the reason why I don't have this as low as you do is I did like the interactions between her and Nick Fury enough to at least enjoy that aspect of it. Um, Not just, so that's why I, I swear have it every at single 30. one of her lines has the exact same delivery. Yeah, it, it was pretty. A, it was a rather flat performance. But what do you have in thirty six? Thirty six. I put Thor: Love and Thunder. That was a very disappointing movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after Thor Ragnarok, which was done by Taika Waititi as well as Love and Thunder, uh, I think he just wanted to keep going with this very funny Thor, but it just it didn't have the direction that Ragnarok had. Uh, it was pretty obvious that in Ragnarok, it was uh, a lot of the comedy was more so a coping mechanism. You know, he just lost all of his. Oh, not I shouldn't say that. He just lost his father, and instead of dealing with it, it was more so comedy, and yeah. And then it was a pretty heavy change because he lost his brother, he lost Heimdall, he lost most of his people, he lost uh, his hammer, father, mother, everything. And uh, that was just weighing him down way too much. Uh, But then it was like a full 180, and he's back to being this goofy guy, and it it, it just didn't feel like a genuine person or authentic. It was... Everyone in that movie was there purely for comic relief, and there wasn't any point where it was, like, serious at all. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's my spiel. All right, so moving on to 35, I have Iron Man 2. Um, For this movie, I thought... I think it's kind of a a similar trend with a lot of these lower-tier or lower-ranking movies. They just had... So many ideas that they wanted to tackle, but couldn't properly tackle any of them. And so they, by the time you're like halfway into the movie, they have a half dozen different plot lines that they're trying to do. And they just never were able to tightly weave them together and come to the satisfying conclusion that I wanted them to. I thought they had a cool idea with Whiplash being the villain, but then he never got developed enough beyond the point of just being another Tony Stark um, wannabe kind of villain. I think Justin Hammer was entertaining. I thought um, the the few action scenes that there were in this movie were cool. I still think the, the suit-up with the suitcase armor is one of my favorite suit-ups in the MCU for Iron Man. I love that scene. But once you get past that racing scene, I think the next action sequence is the little fight between Rhodey and and Tony, and then it's the final battle. There's just very little action in in the second two-thirds of this movie, and then it's all just kind of meandering around plots that aren't going to come to a good enough conclusion. So that's why I put this in 35. 
and I put it a little bit higher, personally. Uh, my number 35, I put another Phase 4 film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Another just disappointing roundabout. Uh, it had some great appearances, uh, but it just, it, I don't know, didn't feel that special. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's really it. it. It's forgettable. It's so very forgettable once you gotcha. get past those uh, appearances from the Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Um, my For 34, I have Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, for essentially all the same reasons that you did. I thought, come in, for, for Thor Ragnarok, I don't want to say that he was in, like, the high position, but at the beginning of the movie, things were going more right than they were wrong for him. And then things just slowly started to cascade down, and things started to get worse with his dad dying, and then Hela coming back, and then Asgard getting taken over, and he's sent to this garbage planet that he has to try to escape. And I think the comedy in that situation felt so much more natural, and it felt, like, deserved almost. And then it had the seriousness at the end of of Thor trying to figure out who he is and who he should be. And then... And then we had the totally somber, depressed Thor in Infinity War and Endgame. And then all of a sudden for Love and Thunder, instead of continuing that trend of him rebounding in a more natural um, path from the overweight, depressed version he was, he just went straight back into super comedy mode and it felt jarring, it felt unnatural. And I think for the jokes, more of it didn't land than did land. But the only reason I have this a little bit higher on my list is that I do think some of the emotional moments towards the end worked a little bit. And I think um, um, Gore the God Butcher, while not utilized correctly, I think Christian Bale did do a a good enough job with what he was given. And he was pretty menacing when he was able to be. Oh, yeah. Gore Gore was properly terrifying as a villain as far as mm -hmm. Marvel standards go. See, uh, where was I at? Uh, yeah, my next one was... We are at 33. Yep, my next one is Ant-Man and the Wasp. It, it's another extremely generic, dull movie. Uh, one of the only things that I can remember pretty well is the car chase scene. And it's not because it's a very well done car chase scene. It's because it's so boring. <laughs> okay. If, if you have a chance, go back and just watch that scene. It's just cars driving next to each other, basically. Sure, they shrink from time to time, but that's that's the only thing that makes it somewhat interesting. Look at the car chase in uh, the first Black Panther movie. That is so well choreographed, and they should should have taken advantage of the characters' shrinking and growing abilities much more than they actually did. Uh, but yeah, all it's right. just all around. They it didn't they didn't do anything super special with the characters, and. Uh, yeah, it felt boring. Again, I say it's boring a lot for these lower ones because it kind of is. All right. Um, in 33rd position for me, I have the original Thor. Um, I thought this movie... Again, I feel like the early MCU movies, they don't necessarily feel like the MCU because they were almost an MCU prototype because they essentially were. They were made before the MCU was a proper connected universe. 
but it just has such a different tone than the rest of the MCU. It's so much more Shakespearean, which I like, but when I'm trying to fit it into this this MCU ranking for me, it just feels weird. Um, I thought Loki as a villain was great. I love Loki. He's one of my favorite villains, but he wasn't even like the main true villain of this movie because there was also Laufey and there was also the Destroyer. Um, but this is one of those movies that I kind of move around my list from time to time because I never really know where to put it because it's just one of those movies that I enjoy, but I don't ever really feel the need to come back to it. So that's why I put it in my 33rd. Um, Daniel, what do you have for your 32nd? See, assuming, I think it's still 32, right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, yes. 7. Yeah. Uh, I put Black Widow. 32nd. I put Black Widow. All right. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's nice that uh, Natasha Romanoff got her own movie, but it didn't come at the right time. Uh, I would have much rather seen something along the lines of uh, Budapest instead of what we actually got. I know that they did what they did so they could introduce uh, Yelena, which, uh, you know, I, I guess that's nice and all, but it felt like a movie that did not have a very big impact on the overall universe, and it could have been skipped, honestly. Uh, Taskmaster mm-hmm. didn't, did not get uh, used well enough. Uh, very... I, I, I can't even put words together. This is hard. Sorry. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not thinking straight right now, but yeah, Taskmaster did not feel utilized very well, and I think hopefully there's a good redemption for her. Uh, this version was a female, a woman. Uh, hopefully there's a good redemption for her in the Thunderbolts because she'll be appearing in that. Yes, I do hope so. Um, for my thirty second, this might be a hot take, but I have what if. Um, so when it comes to what if, it's weird because i enjoyed it more often than i didn't it's again it's not that i don't enjoy it but my favorite aspect of the mcu is how interconnected it is i love the kind of overarching story and for this project there really wasn't much interconnection or even necessarily world building that it did that affects the outer mcu um a couple of the episodes i didn't really care for and of all the disney plus shows um this was the only one outside of the she outside of she-hulk that i didn't necessarily feel the need to like stay up till 2 a.m and watch it right as as it premiered like i did for all the other shows other than i am groot that's not doesn't count um what if i was okay that if i if i didn't catch it right away i'd be fine because it didn't really affect the rest of the mcu i thought some of the episodes were fine and i'm looking forward to season two but it's one of those shows that I would be more likely to watch only a couple of the episodes than to watch the whole season over. So that's why I have it in 32. Um, in 31, I have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. For this movie, um, I was disappointed because I think I think the issue for me was that I was coming into it with so many expectations which I think is a fault on my side. I shouldn't have went in with as many theories and expectations as I did. And some of them came true. The Illuminati scene was cool, but it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I thought um, the way that they kind of 
instantly made Wanda the vi- or the villain so fast and stuck with her being the villain was a little jarring because at the end of WandaVision, she was in a villainous position, but she wasn't outright the villain. Like she she did a terrible thing, yes, but she wasn't so far the villain that she would hunt down a random kid and kill kill her. I didn't I didn't think that's where her motivations were for WandaVision, but by the time we get to Multiverse of Madness, all of a sudden she's like totally willing to attack a whole bunch of sorcerers, injure, kill many of them, and hunt down this innocent girl to kill her and get her kids back. I thought it was a little bit too accelerated in the in the villain arc, but yeah, so I put Multiverse of Madness at 31. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? What's your 31? Uh, 31, I put Iron Man 2, similar reasoning. They had too much going on and did not execute any of it very well. Well, some aspects were pretty good. Justin Hammer, I'll agree, was a very strong point in this movie. Uh, when I first watched it as when I was younger, I did not like him as much, but now that I'm older and I can appreciate it, he's like the Marvel Studios equivalent of the uh, dancing emo Peter in Spider-Man 3. Uh, you love it. I think that's a very solid comparison. You'll love it because it's so kind of cringy. Uh, also, Elon it's, Musk is yeah. in this movie. You do with that information what you will. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did right. you know? Did um, you know that? I did know that. Yeah, because he offered Tony to like go to send him to space or something like that. Uh, he said, "Hey, if you're ever stuck in space, I'll help you out." Something like that. I don't remember what it was exactly, but uh, yeah, I saw some jokes. Uh, that Elon Musk was going to save Tony in Endgame, and that would have been <laughs> that would have that would have been funny. Would have been pretty great. That would have been funny. Now that's a what if episode. Yeah, uh, that's a what if episode yeah. right there. Uh, after Iron Man two, I don't even remember what number we're on. Who cares? We're just going. We're on thirty. All right. Well, after Iron Man two, I put the Eternals. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know that Ryan, you've you actually like this movie quite a bit. Um, I rewatched I it last week, I think. Uh, it's not it's not a bad movie. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. That's it. It's not bad. It's just does doesn't get me that excited. Uh, gotcha. The only reason I went out of my way to watch it this last time is because I didn't have anything else to do, and I was like, "Huh, I haven't seen that since it was in theaters. Why not?" And mm-hmm. that was it. All right. Um, my 30th place movie, so we are in the top 30, top three quarters, and at the bottom of that, I have Black Widow. Um, I thought this movie was fun, it was good, I think it just came out at the wrong time. Um, this was a character that we had already seen die, we knew that she was dead, um, this movie doesn't resurrect her or anything, it's set in the past, so it's kind of a, a not necessarily a prequel, but... A movie that goes back in the timeline. Um, it felt needed, but also unneeded at the same time. It was needed five years previous, but it wasn't necessarily needed where we were in the in the time that it was released. Um, I thought Taskmaster they did uh, they did them dirty. I don't necessarily like this new version of Taskmaster. I hope that they can redeem the character for the Thunderbolts. Um, I thought Natasha. Um, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha did fine. I love the addition of Yelena. Um, uh, obviously, there's the the issue with some of the CGI looking really bad. 
Um, but I also have to give a little bit of leeway just kind of due to the situation that when this was produced and released, we were kind of going through a global pandemic. But, I mean, I can't give it too much leeway, so that's why I put it at 30. Um, 29, I had Ant-Man and the Wasp. I have it a little bit higher than you do, Daniel. Um, I thought this movie, this is like my equivalent to when I say a movie is okay. I think of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't really have any major issues with it. There's just not really all that much that really stands out for me. Um, I'm not as hugely opposed to the chase scene as you are. I thought it was fun. I wouldn't say it's very memorable, not compared to some other chase scenes. But I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd have good chemistry. Um... I liked what they did. I liked that it was smaller scale, especially coming off of Infinity War and then going to this movie. I thought it was a nice little change of pace, a change of scale, so you say, with Ant-Man, you know, shrinking. Ha, 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 Yeah, this movie is okay. Um, Daniel, what's your 29th? Let's see here. Last thing I said was Eternal. So after that, I put What If. I'm kind of, uh, kind of agree with you that it is, yeah. It exists. Yeah. It exists. Uh, the only episodes that I really genuinely enjoyed were the ones with Doctor Strange and the zombie episode. Uh, the other ones I could have lived without. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see the Marvel Studios Zombies project that is coming out at some point in time in the future. Uh, Who knows? It'll come out eventually. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, just what Ryan said, it didn't feel that... Uh, Special, memorable, anything like that. Impactful. Yeah. After that, I have the first Doctor Strange movie. Um, this one kind of moves for me because sometimes uh, I I love it just because it was so weird to see the buildings moving around like that. It was a pretty new kind of uh, take for Marvel. It was them actually introducing magic for the first time. And I thought that was pretty neat. But I think I put it lower just because uh, of the multiverse of madness. It, yeah. I don't know. It's all right. It's not great. It's one of those just, yeah, it's okay movies. All right. Um, my 28th, I actually just switched it as you were talking. Um, in my 28th position, I think I'm going to go with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um. I, there's a lot of this show that I really enjoy. I actually do really like, um, um, oh, U.S. Agent, what's his name? Um, The actor or the character? The character. Yeah, I don't know. Well, U.S. Agent, I actually really like, um, his inclusion in this. John Walker? I thought, John Walker, that's his name. I knew it was Walker, I couldn't think of his first name. Um, I liked, I liked Sam as Captain America, I I did like kind of the buddy cop relationship that Sam had with Bucky. I thought that was cool. I liked the inclusion of Zemo. It did feel a little rushed that Zemo is just all of a sudden on on the good side and kind of buddy buddies with him. I think it's a little a little rushed, a little unexpected. But he's not necessarily a totally villain, but he's also not necessarily totally a good guy either. Um, my main issues with this project are... A, I think it could be maybe an episode longer. B the the um flag smashers is a really big issue but again it's a similar situation with black widow that 
when this was being produced, they they the original plot was going to have a a very super dangerous virus, and we were going through a pandemic, so they had to scrap that idea and totally change it. So I can't fault them too much, but between the Flag Smasher villain issue and the kind of ending where it got super preachy, I can't really give it that high of a ranking. So that's why I have it at 28. Yep, I put mine a little bit higher. Um, let's see. Did you have another one that you were going to talk about, or am I just trying to just go Yeah, I, I, can, I can continue on with the 27. Uh, 27, I had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I thought this one... Kind of in the same vein as the first Guardians, it kind of kept the funny. Well, this is kind of a similar situation to what happened with Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. Is that they found what worked in the first movie or in the previous movie, and then kind of dialed it up. But by dialing it up, they actually dropped the quality down. Not as drastic as what happened with Thor Ragnarok to Love and Thunder, but it was kind of a drastic drop. I think there's more kind of forced comedy in this in this movie and for that reason it felt like the quality of the story and the interactions and the jokes themselves really kind of dipped um i think having them split up and kind of going on separate missions didn't necessarily work the best because what i love about the first movie is the dynamic of all of them together bouncing off each other and when you separate them it just didn't it, it didn't feel as unique and as fun as the first one um and then the ending, I liked Peter getting his, like, god superpowers, but then it really just kind of turned into a CGI kind of smash fest. And well, that is kind nothing of really Marvel unique came best. out of it. Which is kind of an issue, which will get brought up several more times. But, yeah, so I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in 27th place. How about you, Daniel? What you got? Uh, next up, after Doctor Strange for me, I put Iron Man 3. Uh it's better than Iron Man 2 by quite a bit, but it's nowhere near as good as Iron Man, the first one. Um, I think that the whole Mandarin plot twist was not great. I'm glad that they kind of fixed it with uh, with Shang-Chi when that came out. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool that... I, I did like that they brought out all of the Iron Man suits that he made and then they then they all blew up but it just mm -hmm. it doesn't it just it exists it, it doesn't seem too yeah. special to me and I you know Har is it Harvey or Harley? Harley 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 was like the best part of that movie I don't care what you say um well, so I'm just going to say this. I have this as my next ranking movie at 26, so I'm just going to pick up where you left off with Iron Man 3. Um, for me, this movie felt like they thought that Robert Downey Jr. was going to be done. It kind of feels like a pseudo-conclusion to the Iron Man story with him um, finding a new kid to pass on his kind of mentorship, um, destroying all of his suits, getting the arc reactor taken out, kind of this pseudo goodbye to Iron Man, except he shows up like two years later in Avengers Age of Ultron. So I feel like it, it was an ending that was supposed to be an ending, but wasn't. I understand the the ups, uh, or the kind of the anger or the dissatisfaction of the Mandarin. At the time that I watched this movie, I didn't really know what the Mandarin was, so I wasn't as 
caught off guard and i actually kind of like that twist of him being just an actor and then i mean they retconned it pretty fast that that wasn't the real mandarin and that there was a real mandarin still out there um and i do like what with what they did with shang chi and i think that having shang chi come out kind of fixed some of the plot holes retroactively within iron man 3 i don't really like aldrich killian as the villain it, it just didn't him breathing fire and being this kind of mastermind behind the scenes works but not necessarily works the best so that's why i have it in 26th all right well hey uh i'm gonna keep going with mine i'll let's go for it i don't even know where i was at but uh with my numbers so after iron man 3 i put i am groot um i think that they're just a lot of fun to watch uh, especially when he steps on that entire village. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that they're fun. It's cute. Um, doesn't have a very big impact, but that's okay. It was just a nice little thing to sit down and watch for a while. And I'll continue yeah. on. After that, I put the first Thor movie. Uh, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for this. I don't know why. I His eyebrows are dyed blonde and it looks weird but it's very charming uh it's it's yeah. a little bit of a cliche you know hero loses their powers and has to prove themselves worthy to have it but it's 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 just it's fun it's the, to see him so so incredibly out of place you know he's used to living in asgard and he comes to earth where everything is so much more informal and it's uh it's just fun i, I did like that mm-hmm yeah. Um, so I believe I am on number 25. I believe we're right about at the same point, 24, 25. In 25th place, I have Miss Marvel. And this was a project that I initially had lower, but I moved it up while thinking about it. Um, for Miss Marvel, I think the beginning and the end are the strongest parts. Everything in the middle didn't necessarily work for me. Now, Miss Marvel um not really a project that i was looking forward to kind of this teenage girl dealing with an identity crisis and boy troubles wasn't really something i was looking forward to and miss marvel the character kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after i played the avengers game didn't like that iteration of the character didn't really enjoy that game all too much so i wasn't coming into this excited but right off the bat it actually surprised me and i really enjoyed the first like two episodes but then when she had that whole thing where she traveled to was it pakistan she traveled to she traveled to a different country and then had the whole time travel situation that whole middle section not really a fan of it felt weird it felt out of place i didn't enjoy that part as much but then once they once in the final episode she comes back and they have the whole kind of high school heist home alone situation i thought that made sense also there's a villain problem uh the clandestines i don't think really needed to be included in this in this show i think if they would have streamlined it and had just been about miss marvel and the um um the what is it the doc department of or dodc the department of damage control i thought if it was that kind of conflict between her and them it would have worked much better but they had to throw in the clandestine 
kind of storyline in the middle, and I think that kind of muddled it up and dropped it significantly for me. But that's why I have Miss Marvel at 25. In 24, I have the original Black Panther. And even saying that, I don't know if that's correct. But um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I put Black Panther. You're kind of surprised? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I think for this ranking, I'm going to leave it at 24. Because I'm looking at the... And I want to preface this. Uh, these lists are not about the quality of the product of the projects, but rather how much we personally enjoyed them. And for this, I think I enjoyed all the projects I put above it more. This is probably one of the better projects, but I think this one I didn't enjoy nearly as much. Um, Yeah, for Black Panther, my main issue with it is that I don't totally see the logic behind Killmonger's plan. Like, Killmonger's plan was to steal a whole bunch of of Wakanda's weapons, send it out throughout the world, and just have everybody start attacking each other. I, I felt like that plan was a little too, too villainous for a villain who was trying not to be outwardly that villainous and i think this movie gets really heavily praised on killmonger i think killmonger is one of the better villains but i think the motivation for his grand plan doesn't necessarily make sense and the final battle the cgi is terrible it's really bad i don't know if you've watched it back but it's so bad um but i think where i'm at in my list right now these are these are good movies and they they're movies that I enjoy. I just think I I enjoy Black Panther less than all the others. So I think that's why I have Black Panther at 24. How about you Daniel? What do you got? At, I think you're at 24. Uh yes, about. I am. Uh 24, I put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh wasn't as fun as the original one. I'll agree with you on that. Uh the separating them might not have been the greatest idea, but yeah, it was it, it was still a pretty enjoyable movie. It's yeah, I don't know. I think you covered it pretty yeah, well. Yeah, it, it's enjoyable. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that kind of sums up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume yeah, Two. It's so enjoyable. So I, I don't know about you, but uh, well, I know that we're both on a tier list that we're going off of and just kind of going in the order of that. I'm on B tier, so all of these are movies that I think are good. So yeah, I'm in the same boat as you now. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, yeah. I put Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, same thing. I thought that it was. Ju- I mostly put it that high just because I really like the buddy cop dynamic between Bucky and uh, Sam. Um, that's it. Yeah, I don't, we don't yeah. need to go into too much detail. We're already getting up there in time. We should we should try to zoom a little bit. No, let's start, let's start zooming. Um, in twenty third, yes, in twenty three, I have which might be surprising to you. I have Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. Um, I don't have as much of a connection to Captain America as I know you do. So for this movie, in addition to what I've said to like for like Thor, the original Thor, this movie just kind of feels tonally different than the rest of the MCU because it was released before the MCU really kicked off. I thought the the duality between Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Red Skull um, was nicely done. I thought it was a little, I don't know when 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 I think of this movie, I think it was a very safe plot. I think the plot made sense for this character. It didn't feel like it really 
kind of stepped out of the comfort zone of of good U.S. soldier versus bad German scientist. I think that was kind of the plot, and they stuck to it. It was enjoyable. I liked. Um, I I love Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. And I think this was a perfect introduction for him. Um, but overall, it just felt like kind of a safe movie for me. So that's why I kind of put it at twenty three. For twenty two, I have the original Ant Man. Um, kind of similar to what I said about Captain America, this movie just felt really safe. Um, I love Paul Rudd as as Scott Lang. I think he plays a great Ant-Man, and I do like that they kind of switch it from the comics and not have Hank Pym be Ant-Man and kind of have him be an older mentor figure for Scott. Um, and I like Scott being kind of like this pseudo-petty criminal who has a little bit of a, of a, not necessarily darker, but a more muddled back backstory and kind of motivates him to become this hero i like the visuals with what they did with him shrinking i thought the final battle was hilarious with the thomas the tank engine and all the kind of creative ways between them shrinking and growing um the main thing that really holds this movie back is the villain i think um uh, i can't even think of what his um yellow jacket villain's name is well i know yellow Darian jacket what's his what's his scientist name Darian Cross, Darren Cross, Darren Cross, something like um, that. I thought Yellow Jacket was just a similar issue with what a lot of these Marvel movies have. It is the hero given a slightly different power, and he's b- bad. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, he's Ant Man, but he can fly, shoot lasers. He's yellow and he's mean. So that's the main villain, and that's my biggest issue with Ant Man. So that's why it is at twenty two. Your turn. All right. Take it away. Yep. Uh, I, after this, put, uh, put, I put Werewolf by Night. Uh, so right around the midpoint. It's not bad. It's not overly amazing. But I think that as far as Phase 4 goes, this is one of the stronger projects. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was unique being all in black and white for one thing and also being kind of, uh, kind of spooky. Um, so far, it doesn't feel like it has a ton of impact, which is perfectly fine. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it told a pretty good story, and uh, it was enjoyable. After that, uh, I put Spider-Man Far From Home. Of the three Spider-Man movies that were produced by Marvel Studios, I definitely think that this one was the weakest. Um, it's still... Yes, I would agree. still good, don't get me wrong. The Mysterio fight scenes, phenomenal. Um, uh-huh. But... It just, it felt weird taking him out of New York. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand that. It just, yeah, it's still, it's still good. Um, it was cool to see uh, him, you know, finally get with his crush, I guess. Um, and the whole him not being sure if Happy was real or not. And it just showed that he was mm-hmm. that mistrustful because of what Mysterio did to him. I think yeah. that was really, really cool. But. Yeah, just, just of the three, I think it's my least favorite. Yeah, I feel that. Um, in 21st position, right before we get to halfway, I have the Eternals. Now, I that might be a hot take because I know a lot of people really hate this movie. I have no real... I, I understand why people have issues with it because there's too many characters. They introduce too much and... For some people, they didn't feel like these characters were fleshed out enough for me. For me, I, I thought um, kind of the disconnect that the audience feels with these figures was kind of 
beneficial because these characters aren't supposed to be human. They are not some like characters that we are supposed to understand and be able to relate to because that's kind of the whole disconnect that these Eternals have with humanity is that they are not human. They want to be human, but they can't because they are they are physically and emotionally and just they are, they are just different. And I do like the um, interaction they have with each other. I like the existentialism and kind of the philosophical issues that this movie tackles. Um, I think a lot of the visuals are beautiful. And yeah, I, I think I, I'm a defender of this movie. And I will defend that it's maybe not top 50%, but it's definitely, in my opinion, not one of the worst. So that's why I put it at 21. In 20th place, top top 50%, I have Doctor Strange. Um, I think a majority of Doctor Strange is really cool. I, I love the visuals. I love the power base. I love Benedict Cumberbatch as, as Stephen Strange. Again, biggest issue with this movie is that the, the villain, Kaecilius, is just Doctor Strange, but a little bit different and bad. I think Dormammu, they introduced it, and it's really cool. The visuals on Dormammu are amazing. And I love the idea of Dormammu, but I just don't think they utilized it as much as they could have. And I really want Dormammu to come back to kind of pay off what they set up with Dormammu being this extra-dimensional threat. But so far, they haven't. So Doctor Strange sits comfortably at 20th place. All right. Uh, number 20 for me. I think I'm at number 20. Yeah, I'm at number 20. I believe you are. Uh, I put Hawkeye. Uh, it's... It's right. the first Marvel movie that's like very clearly a Christmas time thing. The only other one was Iron mm -hmm. Man three. Uh, Iron Man three, I do watch almost every year at Christmas time, and Hawkeye is probably going to be pretty similar in that vein of me rewatching it, just because, you know, it's Christmas movie. I don't care what you say. Um, uh -huh. I think that Kate Bishop was actually very very well done. Uh, she seems like very fun i think Haley seinfeld is a good fit for the role and i'm excited to see her in the future i think that she's gonna probably be sticking around i hope so and uh i would hope so as well the relationship between her and clint building and uh I, it, it's cool to see him go yeah. from totally uh apathetic about her completely to having her over for christmas with his family it's a uh, it's neat and yeah. uh Kind of that mentor-father figure role. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, we're at the halfway mark, and we're almost at 50 minutes. We're, we're at 50 minutes. Uh, do you want to keep going, or should we just... We might have to turn this into a two-parter. This might have to become a two-parter. So, yeah. I mean, we just we just tackled, what, 20th place? Yeah. The halfway mark? So, yeah. How, how about we hold off now, and then our, the next episode we were going to review... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special anyway, so we can just kind of input that and finish with with our list um, the next episode. So how about, well, how about I, I take this moment to kind of explain what's happening with the rest of the year, because things are going to get a little bit different going forward. Yeah, it's, uh, it, Is that it, all right yeah, it's getting to the holiday season. We're going to be busy. So, Ryan, I'll let you go ahead and just kind of explain where we're at. Yeah, so... um. You're still going to get this episode on the 21st as, as as you are currently listening to it, or maybe you're listening to it in the future. 
Um, next week for the 28th, we are not going to have an episode. It's Thanksgiving break. We want to spend time with our families. We're hoping you're spending your time with your families or with friends or whoever you want to spend Thanksgiving break. You can spend it by yourself. That's all right. Um, and then going forward for the first week of December on the 5th, we will have an episode. It'll be our first of a two-part Christmas kind of episode. For that one, we are going to be doing a rapid review for Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And it's also likely that we are going to review Violent Night, which is the um, David Harbour, Santa, uh, John Wick beats up, terrorist, robber. What? It's like a John Wick-esque movie, but Santa. Yeah, it's Santa Claus, John Wick kind of movie. Um, it's probably likely that we'll both go see that movie, and we're going to review it then. And then we might as well finish off with the top 20 of our MCU tier list or ranking list that day. And then the last episode of the year um, will be on December 12th. We are going to be reviewing our favorite Christmas movies. We're going to be kind of breaking down. uh, For me, it's going to be like Polar Express, Nightmare Before Christmas. We can talk about Iron Man 3 because you just said that's one of your favorite or a a movie that you watch all the time. We're going to talk about how Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because it's not. Um, and it'll be a very fun it's it, I don't think it is um, but that will be the last episode of of the year so we only have three episodes well two episodes after you're listening to this one yep. so yeah that's kind of where we at going forward yeah uh, so in case just in case you're curious uh, December 19th uh, Ryan and I the weekend before that episode uh, is go- w- would be released we're gonna be heading down to Chicago we're actually gonna be seeing I fight dragons live in concert. Super excited for that. Uh, so we're super excited. Yeah, we're not going to be around to record then. And the weekend after is, of course, Christmas. When and we're going to be spending time with family, friends, all of our loved ones. And yes. After that, it's the new year, and it's yeah. This is the busy time of year. Hopefully, you don't get too mad at us for not uploading. Mm-hmm. But if you do, suck it. I don't care. We have a whole backlog of a whole bunch of, of episodes from our previous podcast that you can always listen to. Go back and enjoy yourself. We did talk about uh, Sexy Santa at one point, so maybe go back and listen yeah, to that sexy one. Sexy Santa, one. Santa If I remember sexy. correctly, that, that, was a, that, was a, that was a fun episode. Yeah, that was one of my um, favorites. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of 2023, that last episode on the 12th, we will kind of talk about our plans for going forward in the next year. We are not going to cancel the podcast. We're not going to go away. Things might change a little bit, but we're still going to be around. But for that episode, we'll talk about our plans for 2023, when we're going to come back, when we're going to restart recording. Um, maybe potentially a, a new podcast, maybe, maybe, possibly. I don't know, maybe. You'll have to you'll have to listen to that. Yeah, we've got some pretty big ideas. Yeah, you'll have to listen to that, that episode going forth. But I think that's all I have right now. How about you start us with the kickoff, Daniel? All right. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening. Uh I'd also like to say thank you to I Fight Dragons. Super excited to see them in a few weeks. Uh, thanks to them for the use of our theme song, The Geeks Will Inherit the El- uh, Earth off the album Kaboom. Uh, great album, great band. Check them out. They actually just did a sort of reprint of that album on vinyl. So if you're into vinyl records at all, I'd pick one up. Sounds great. Definitely worth picking up. Um, yeah. And uh, if you want to reach out to us for any reason in particular, our email is sttpodcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is smalltownnerds, no spaces, and spells exactly how you would think. I think that's it. Uh, Yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Don't die until next week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye.